I really didn't want to talk about politics this week. I really didn't. I bet you're with me. I bet you also don't want to talk about politics this week. It's Thanksgiving week. It's weird. There are restrictions all over the country on like, if you can have Thanksgiving, if it has to be outdoors, if you can have one family or two families or no families and, and Zoom calls and there's still election kerfuffliness and it just all feels really heavy and stressful. And I really just want to go back to talking about like fluffy YouTube drama, but just getting back to the fluffy stuff while there's so much going on also doesn't feel authentic. So we talk about hard topics. We're just going to do it. We're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And we're also going to talk a little bit about what facts not fuckery means. <laughs> so there are two things we're talking about today and we're, we just need to get into it. So let's get into it. Hey there, this is Get Legit Law and Shit. And I'm Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer for online business. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years and I'm a former prosecutor. So yeah, I know some shit. And we're going to talk about the legal shit you need to know. But don't worry, this is not another boring business podcast. So let's get started. The reason I said we also need to talk about facts, not fuckery, is because A, it has been the rallying cry of the law nerds over on YouTube, and it is something that I feel very strongly about, which is why everything we're going to talk about today just has me a little bit frustrated. It's more than frustrated. I'm I'm deeply frustrated because if you're going to lob allegations about shit, I need there to be facts and not fuckery. So I'm just going to talk real quick about what that means. And then we're going to talk about the president's election lawsuits. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about how I parse facts, not fuckery, and how that might help in conversations with family members. I'm also going to remind everyone that it is okay to set boundaries around this and be like, y'all, I'm exhausted and I don't want to talk about politics. Can you please respect my boundaries? That's perfectly okay because everything right now feels very heated and everything I look at regarding these stories is very biased one side or the other. And it's that's frustrating to me too. So <laughs> those are all the things we're talking. I know it feels like a lot, but we're I swear we're not gonna I'm not going to keep you here all day. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. I tend to say I'm not going to run long and then and then it's long. When we started the Get Legit Law and Shit podcast, my podcast editor and I were talking about like what I really wanted my sweet spot of this podcast to be. And I was like, 20 minutes. 20 minutes is my sweet spot. <laughs> I, I, I challenge you to try to find a 20-minute episode uh, in the last few months because the topics have just been more serious than that. And the episodes have definitely gotten onto a uh, longer form content. And that is really now the sweet spot of the things that I do. Before we move on, I'm going to share with you the sponsor for this week's episode. This week's episode is sponsored by the Law Nerd Shop. Yep, there's a Law Nerd Shop. It just launched and it's where you can get all of your facts, not fuckery needs met. <laughs> Mugs, shirts, stickers to decorate your electronics or your phone cases. Phone cases will be coming soon, but it is your place for all of the fun facts, not fuckery merch. I heart cursey words, merch, coffee and cursey words, all the things. So if you want to go check out the law nerd shop, the link will be in the show notes or in the description. And I invite you to 
go check out what we have. The mugs have been very popular because, you know, your girl's a coffee girl. So we had to have some fun coffee mugs for you. And yes, there are some that don't have cursy words on them. <laughs> so if you're so inclined, please go check out the Law Nerd Shop at lawnerdshop.com. All right, let's just get let's just get into it. What are facts? Like let's get it let's get to the basics. What are facts? A fact is a thing that is known or proved to be true. Fact. Fuckery is nonsense or ridiculousness, foolishness at an extreme level. That's my definition, by the way, not the dictionary definition. That's my definition of fuckery. Um, because that's what fuckery means to me. And with the law nerds, when we're talking about fact and not fuckery, fuckery is the unproven, foolish ridiculousness, but like take it up a notch. <laughs> and then when we're talking about facts versus opinion, a fact again is a statement that can be proven true or false. An opinion is an expression of a person's feelings that cannot be proven, right? Because it's personal to you and your feelings might be true to you, but that doesn't make it a overall fact. Opinions can be based on facts or emotions and sometimes they are meant to deliberately mislead others. Sometimes people state their opinions as fact, and that can land you in a lawsuit. We've talked about those types of lawsuits quite a lot. We're not getting into that today. We're talking about the president's lawsuits. But some of the reasons this comes up is because a lot of us have different types of cognitive biases, which means if we see the world a certain way, see ourselves a certain way, see information a certain way, it can be hard to explore both sides of an issue, especially when it feels like, well, yeah, but that's not the way it is. And that's what I'm seeing in reporting on both sides of these presidential lawsuits. A lot of right, but that's this or right, but that's that. However, whenever you have fairly prominent members of the president's legal team talking about widespread, widespread election fraud, just dismissing it out of hand doesn't sit well with me. However, making wild claims of widespread voter fraud without facts also doesn't sit well with me. I listened to the entire press conference from the legal team, you know, before one of the members of the legal team was like disavowed and we will talk about that. I'm going to talk about where we stand as I record this. I'm sure more will happen because when does it not? But what we also had happened today, and I am recording this on Monday, November 23rd. What also happened today was that the GSA, which is the General Services Administration, formally released funds to assist with the presidential transition and released a letter that I'm not going to read all through to you, but we'll link all of the resources as I do every episode uh, in the show notes. And then on YouTube, I will link that to where the show notes are because it's easier to get the links through there, but released the funds to President-elect Biden stating that based on everything that she had observed, it seemed that a transition was reasonably to be expected. No, there are still legal processes to play out. It doesn't look like those are going to overturn the election. And I even said that last week when I said to everyone, let's wait and let the legal processes play out. We will know what's happening. Votes will be certified. And people were frustrated that I said, wait and let process play out. And people, I saw the comments. People are like, that's, 
you know, it's ridiculous. Biden won. Just be done with it. I'm like, there's still legal process going on here. Let's wait until we see what what shakes out with this. And then others were like, you know, Biden didn't win. You can't say that we should just let it play out and and talk about him as if he's the president elect. I'm like, look, we're we're just coming at this down the middle to see what's going on and see where the evidence shakes out. And what we've seen since last week's episode is that most of these suits have been dismissed. Judges have been very critical of the lawsuits. And we keep hearing that there's going to be evidence, but we haven't really seen much evidence. We haven't seen statistics. We haven't seen checks and balances. There's been discussion of a few affidavits. That's where we're at. That's just where we're at. And most of the media I'm going to talk about today is more conservative-leaning media because the more left-leaning media has really written off a lot of these accusations from the beginning the more conservative media had been saying, there's still process here, let's let it shake out. And the turn in the conservative media, I found very interesting as all of this was going on. And then the turn in the Trump campaign itself was very interesting. So what what had happened was on Saturday, there was this wild, was it Friday? Was it, It's been 10 years, you guys. Every single week feels like we're living another, another millennia. It's just crazy. Friday, Saturday, there was a press conference with Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and Jenna Ellis. Now, I have a friend whose last name is Ellis, so every time I try to say Jenna Ellis, I <laughs> I almost accidentally call her by my friend's name, but that is, anyway. Jenna Ellis is the campaign attorney. Rudy Giuliani has come on for the president in his personal capacity and for the campaign, and then Sidney Powell has also in my opinion, been holding herself out as an attorney with the Trump campaign. So on Friday, Saturday, when this press conference went down, and I have a link to the whole conference if you're inclined, it's the one where Giuliani's like hair color was like sweating down his face, which was, it just reminded me of the Real Housewives of New Jersey when the two Joes got into like a full on fight. Do y'all remember that? Like when Joe Judice Judici and Joe Gorga got into this like all out wrestling match. And then there was just kind of like black stuff everywhere. And it turned out that it had been <laughs> Joe Gorga's like spray on hair color, hair thickening spray, whatever. And it was kind of everywhere. This is what this reminded me of with, with Rudy Giuliani's like hair color dripping down his face, which is so distracting during this press conference. And you can hear the cameras every time he like wipes his face, you can hear the cameras just like click clicking away. The press conference that I watched, so you don't have to, involved a lot of scolding of the media. And I I have not found the media to be particularly unbiased during this election cycle. However, I also think the media saying, we would like some facts, please, is not the media being biased. It is the media saying, but we would like some facts, please, because you're making very large allegations, like very large allegations. And Rudy Giuliani is like, I can read you this one affidavit. I can't show you the other affidavits because those people will be harassed and get death threats and lose their jobs, which is valid. I mean, we have seen attorneys be harassed for working on the president's campaign. We have seen um, reports of people being harassed for being involved with these Uh, investigations and statements, and that's not okay either. A free and fair society needs to be able to handle people saying things on both sides of an issue and then assess those things for facts and then move on. 
instead of saying, I don't like what you're saying. And so now I'm going to threaten you, your family or your job. That becomes hugely problematic for me, especially if people are saying, look, I saw stuff that didn't sit right. This is not the first election that that has happened in. It has happened in numerous previous elections. And at some point, everyone has to stop finger pointing and say, okay, can we look into some of this stuff now? Can we look into some of these allegations now? We spent the last four years looking into Russia allegations, which is appropriate if there are allegations of international interference into an election. And if there is evidence that they have been tampered with, that they have flipped votes, that things are inconsistent, then the time is now to see it. However, what we saw instead of evidence was that the Trump campaign said that the woman leveraging most of these allegations is not part of the Trump legal team, which is tremendously confusing because she was part of the press conference. And I went back and looked at the press conference specifically because what I saw go down on Twitter after there was a look when all of our major like national news is just playing out on Twitter, it blows my mind, but that's what's happening. So the statement went out Sunday night that Sidney Powell was not part of Trump's legal team. And the media was like, wait a second, what are, has she been disavowed? Has she been fired? What is happening? And then you see some conservative commentators saying either she has never held herself out to be part of the Trump campaign, which is just disingenuous to me. Or you see them saying she is parting ways with them so she can bring other types of charges that so she can pursue people potentially criminally. She's not a prosecutor, by the way, for anything. She's an attorney. So there are other speculations about what she's going to go off and do. Like, oh, this is part of the plan. She's going to go off and do this. I'm like, I don't think it's part of the plan. She made some very, very big statements. And we're going to talk about those statements. And then a statement came out, a very short statement saying she is not part of Trump's legal team. At the press conference, in the first moment, Rudy Giuliani said, this is the legal team. And he introduced everyone on the stage, including Sidney Powell, and said, you know, we are the senior attorneys in this. There's lots of attorneys dealing with this. We are the senior attorneys involved in this. She's also been on numerous media outlets talking about election fraud and has never said, I'm doing this as an independent citizen. From what I've seen, there's always been a feeling that she was part of the campaign's legal team going after these voter fraud allegations. She has multiple times said that she is going to release the Kraken. There has been no Kraken. There is not even a baby octopus. There is, there is, there's a lot of big statements, but there is not anything so far to back it up. And at this point, when judges are saying there are only statements here, there is only conjecture here, there is nothing further process is playing out. And at some point when all of the judges are saying, we don't see any evidence, then my question is, why are we not seeing any evidence? And if there are facts, why are they being withheld? Or are there just not any facts to back this up? Yes, we have affidavits. Let's look into those allegations. If people are saying, I saw this went down, I'm not disinclined to believe people who are coming forward potentially at personal detriment. I'm very curious as to what uncovers there. 
Do I think it should flip this election or will flip this election? No. Do I think that a few affidavits are going to overturn millions of votes in a given state? No. Should there be an investigation into voting practices in some of these areas to make sure no voter is disenfranchised? Yes. Can that happen going forward? Yes. Does it change things for now? No. No, it doesn't. This press conference spent an inordinate amount of time, in my opinion, scolding the media for their coverage. Instead of just saying, these are the facts, and this is the reason people are afraid to come forward with the facts, which is a fair criticism. People are afraid to come forward and say, I saw irregularities because of harassment or targeting, and we saw that with law firms that worked with Trump. We're going to see that. We've seen members of Congress call for that, call for harassment of people who are supportive of President Trump, which is also not helpful to getting to the bottom of these allegations. But I think the Trump campaign stepping away and disavowing Sidney Powell reads to me like them disavowing some of her larger allegations. And I got criticism last episode for giving any of these theories credence, but this is what's being leveraged out there. And in my opinion, if these allegations are being leveraged, too much has been put out to just simply walk away and forget that it's happened. There needs to be conversation around why are these allegations being made? If there's no facts to back them up, then these allegations are hugely irresponsible and should not be allowed to stand. They need to be disproven. And it needs to be made clear that our election was not subject to the largest scale voter fraud in our democracy, because those are big allegations. What Sidney Powell said that I think was the final straw in all of this, and I went back and watched her interview with Newsmax, which is a very conservative media outlet, but I watched her interview and actually took the time to transcribe exactly what she said because I didn't want to get it wrong for you. What she said was, Georgia's probably going to be the first state I'm going to blow up and Mr. Kemp and the Secretary of State need to go with it because they're in on the Dominion, that's the voter software, scam with their last minute purchase award of a contract with Dominion of $100 million dollars the State Bureau of Investigation for Georgia ought to be looking into the financial benefits received by Mr. Kemp and the Secretary of State's family about that time. She then went on to say, when pressed about the financial benefit, alleging that the governor of Georgia and the Secretary of State were bribed through financial benefit to family members, she said, we have certainly been told that there is evidence of that. you're you're accusing the governor who has been largely supportive of Trump and, and got quite a bit of criticism for it, especially at the beginning of COVID. You're accusing the governor of Georgia and the secretary of state of Georgia of receiving financial benefit through family members for, for purchasing a voting software and using taxpayer monies to do that and benefit themselves based on we have certainly been told that there is evidence of that. Y'all, I don't even want to repeat something somebody said on Twitter unless I see the source information. And then, and then the Trump campaign was like, she's not a part of the Trump campaign. By the way, 
disavow, disavow, disavow. Because you can't make statements on probably. We, we've certainly been told that there's evidence. You've been, you're leveraging massive allegations on you've been told that there's evidence. Not only is it damaging to our democracy, in my opinion, it's damaging to the profession, my profession of being a lawyer, lawyers who should value facts over fuckery. And that statement, we have certainly been told there's evidence of that is fuckery. It's just pure fuckery. And it's pissing me off because we have a country that is very divided after a heated election in the middle of a pandemic. And all of the statements I'm seeing are, this was probably done. We certainly have been told. Probably is not evidence. Probably is hedging. <sighs> then, <laughs> then I went through her statements at the press conference. And when she was talking about the algorithms that the voting machine has, if the voting machine has these algorithms, if the voting software is capable of the things she's saying that it's capable of, then we need to reassess using that software. It doesn't mean that if it has those capabilities that it also happened. Like those things can both exist. It can have those capabilities and there still not be fraud. That can happen. Two things can coexist at a time. But if, if the voting machines have the things that they're alleging, that shouldn't be hard to figure out. You get a hold of a voting machine, you'll look at what's on the voting machine, and if that's proven, you get rid of the Dominion voting machines, just like they got rid of the Diebolt voting machines. But what she said was, there was an algorithm that could be set to a proportion to flip votes. So no matter what a person inputted, it would just run the algorithm and give the votes it wanted to give. What she said was, the algorithm was likely run all across the country. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't know. Likely means you're speculating. You can't get on national television and speculate about the craziest widespread voter fraud that we will have ever seen in our country on likely. It was likely run. It, we don't, we, I'm sorry, you don't have evidence that it was run. Okay. Well, I think that's why we're not seeing lawsuits then regarding the voting machines, because you know what? You have to have evidentiary proof if you're going to file a lawsuit, there has to be reasonable belief <laughs> that your claim has evidentiary value. You can't just file shit. I know it feels like you can because there's been so many lawsuits, but you can't just file them without anything to back them up. That's not how the system works. And that's why people start to hate our legal system because it feels like anyone can do anything. But there are rules. And when you don't follow the rules, this Enneagram one gets really pissed off <laughs> because you know what? At the end of the day, our country is, I mean, we're the little weirdos, right? We're the ones who ran away from, from a different country and said, we're going to try to do this a different way. And it's been imperfect and there have been missteps and there still are imperfections. But if we stop trying to rectify those imperfections, then we are not a great nation. And I think we are a great nation. But this kind of shit is going to damage that. And that's what makes me so angry about it. If this is happening, bring the facts. If you don't have the facts, shut the fuck up. That's it. That's how I feel about it. I'm just, I'm very, very frustrated. If this is going on, we need to know. And we need to know now. If this is not going on, then you shouldn't be leveraging allegations like this with no evidence. I've beaten that horse. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've... I've probably said it like six times at this point, 
but you don't go around accusing governors of massive bribery on, well, we've, we've certainly been told, n- no, n- no, no. Even a news reporter, a good news reporter, would want multiple sources. Not we've certainly been told. You can't just run a story on, well, one guy said this, the one thing on, on the street. What? And then Tucker Carlson. Look, I know not all of y'all are going to like Tucker Carlson. It's totally fine. I have watched Tucker Carlson on and off. I watch people from all sides of the news on and off because I don't trust any one side to tell me what the thing is. And I generally find the facts are somewhere in between where I can research. I also like to see what people are saying, which is what you do when you're a lawyer. I want to see what both sides are saying. And then I want to make up my own mind. However, right now it feels like having independent thought and saying, I listen to multiple news outlets will also get you cast as some kind of, you know, oh, you're this or you're that. And I'm like, no, 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 I just, I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck is even happening right now. Because the last couple of days with these lawsuits, I've been like, what is actually happening? These are crazy statements. And if they're true, we are in for a massive massive upset in how elections are run in the U.S., but then also there's no evidence. And you can't just blame that on the time crunch, because if you suspect these things, it's got to be more than speculation. So where are the statistical anomalies? I'm just saying it's an election. There's numbers. So what the Giuliani camp would probably say is, but we have affidavits. I'm like, okay, but the courts haven't found those sufficient. So what else is there? Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson invited Sidney Powell onto his show. He said, I will give you a week to come and show the American people what evidence there is. She was uh, disinclined to acquiesce to his request and then apparently told him to stop harassing her by asking her the tough questions like, you know, but is there evidence? And then after saying that she didn't have time for interviews, went on the other media outlet and made the statements about Georgia and about the alleged bribery and about the, well, we've certainly been told that there's evidence of that. That was after she declined Tucker Carlson's request to come on the show. And Tucker Carlson has received quite a lot of backlash for saying, if there are facts, I would like to see them. I I would like to think independently. I am not just pro-Trump. And he has been very supportive of the president. He's like, I'm not just pro-Trump. I'm pro-America. And if you're going to drag our country through the mud, I would like to know that there's something behind it. And if there is something behind it, then that's really scary. And that's a huge issue. And we need to address it. Um, crickets. Crickets and then stop texting me. <laughs> those, those convergences of events have significantly changed my opinion from last week when I'm like, these are the allegations. It's going to go to court. We'll see what happens. Well, if you're going on multiple media outlets saying things like, well, this probably happened. It's likely this was done. We've been told. No, we are at a point where different states are certifying. At this point in 2000, there were still actually targeted lawsuits saying, okay, but there is an issue here. The issue was identified. And then it was, how are we going to address this issue? That's what was going on in Florida. These are scattershot lawsuits, most of which have been dismissed. The latest one was dismissed 
with quite a resounding go home (laughs) from a judge. What was frustrating to me is that Giuliani was like, well, this is an Obama-appointed judge. Yes, but it's also a Republican judge who's a member of the Federalist Society. So you can say that he's an Obama-appointed judge because Obama did appoint him, but don't say that to imply that this is a super liberal judge that just hates Trump because the evidence speaks to the contrary, making the statement feel very disingenuous to me, which is why I'm getting very frustrated with this whole process. Because if you're using the court system just to delay things, it's an inappropriate use of the court system, and it undermines confidence in our court system, which I I believe is more damaging than anything, because we have to have confidence in our court system. Because if we don't have confidence in our court system, what do we have confidence in? It is our least political branch of government, and we need our least political branch of government to say, y'all, stop it. So the Pennsylvania suit was the one trying to attack the largest amount of votes. And the federal judge, yes, he was appointed by Obama, but also a member of the Federalist Society, which means he is right-leaning, stated that the lawsuit was based on, quote, strained legal arguments without merit and speculative accusations unsupported by evidence. And I appreciate I appreciate those of you who tweeted it to me and sent it to me on Instagram because all of you are right. The judge basically said these are lawsuits based on fuckery and not facts. The campaign response to it was, well, this hastens our review to get up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is not going to tell you that Pennsylvania applied their own rules wrong. It's their rules. They're the ones who get to decide how they applied them. Yes, the Third Circuit has granted an expedited review. We will see what happens. Do I think this will get to the Supreme Court at this point? I don't know. It's certainly what they're pushing for. But if you don't come with facts, a conservative Supreme Court's going to be like, these aren't facts. There need to be. Look, if this is an issue, bring the issue. But right now, all that's coming to the courts are, quote, speculative accusations unsupported by evidence. It's not going to get it done, and it's going to be more damaging at this point. Which brings me to the holidays. At this point, there is still legal process happening, though most states have or are almost at the process of certifying their votes, which means we are nearing the time when we are going to get the Electoral College voting. At this time, we still have a president-elect Biden. I don't see that changing. If anything, the one thing I would like to see come out of this is actually somebody looking into the voting machines. If there is that software, if there are those capabilities, that should be addressed just for down-the-road elections. Because some state elections, and state elections have a big impact on people's lives, those can go down to the hundreds of votes And that is a very, very big deal. So making sure that there is public confidence in that is important, I think. Does it change this election? No, not without evidence it doesn't. But the allegations are so (laughs) severe (laughs) that at some point it needs to be taken up. And it's not 
that this is the first time allegations like this have come up. Both parties have made allegations like this with regards to different voting software, which warrants at least some kind of an investigation. And I hope that that will happen so that the American people will have an answer as to whether algorithms can run in the background and a a kid with a phone can hack a voting machine. That was one of the things said in the press conference. I'm just saying. I want to know. And yes, we know that voting machines can be hacked. It doesn't mean it happened, but it also means that we can do better. And why do I say voting machines can be hacked? I realize not everybody is probably on the same train of thought with me. It's fine. Choo-choo. On the train of thought. At DEF CON, which is a hacker convention, they actually got the Las Vegas Election Commission to allow them to use a voting machine to hack as part of this convention to show what the potential flaws were. It was not this type of voting machine that was used, but it was done in, mm, it was like 15 or 20 seconds, I think the person who won did it in. So there are issues here that should and can be addressed. Moving moving back on to the holidays. I know that this is a weird Thanksgiving. It's going to be weird for my family too. We wanted to be with family. We were unable to be with family because of COVID. And that is very, very stressful for everyone involved. We are making the best of it. My kids don't love turkey, so we're not making turkey. They're very excited to have a roast. (laughs) They're like, yes, we don't have to eat turkey. So we're doing kind of a pick what you want Thanksgiving with board games and Zoom calls with family. But it does feel like a weird Thanksgiving. For those of you that are having Thanksgiving with family, during this year, we have been so disconnected because of this pandemic, because of wanting to keep each other safe and wanting to keep our loved ones safe. Don't let the upset of this election and the nonsense that's playing out right now on the TV and social media over it take away the time with family. It's perfectly okay to set a boundary and say, I just want to enjoy my time with you. And I can't do that if we're going to insist about talking politics, because you're going to get some family members who are like, this is all overblown. This is totally bullshit. We shouldn't be talking about any of it and dismissing it out of hand. And you're going to get other family members, depending on who your family is saying, the media is all lying. Everything's a conspiracy. This whole election has been stolen. And I literally can't look anybody in the face. There are people feeling both ways. And then there are people in the middle going, can we please just be done? The votes are counted. We don't have evidence. Can we please stop talking about this now? Everyone has the right to how they feel about this. The media has made this very divisive, I think. But also the inflammatory statements from these attorneys are also making it divisive. The president and the way he uses Twitter is making it divisive. All of it is a little hard right now. It's okay to set a boundary to say, you know, we're in a pandemic. Everything's weird. Time with family is precious. And it is easier for me to enjoy if we just don't go there. Can we please talk about other things? It's perfectly okay to set that boundary because especially once people start drinking, I mean, depending on your family members, the conversations can definitely turn away from facts and deep into fuckery. If y'all want to laugh about the conspiracy theories, please enjoy. But for some family members, that's not fun. And just be mindful of one another. Enjoy your time together, however you're spending time together. I would love if you share with me what your favorite part of Thanksgiving is. And for all of my listeners across the globe, I know U.S. Thanksgiving is not like your main focus right now, but you're probably watching all of our election fuckery going, what the hell's even happening with y'all? 
I know, look, we're still a young country. We're, we're giving it our best. We're, fig- we're figuring it out. We let people have their say. Sometimes they say crazy shit. We're trying. But I would love to know what your favorite family Thanksgiving tradition is. We're going to be creating some new ones this year just because we've moved and it's going to be a different type of Thanksgiving. But we still make things like my, you know, grandparents' Italian stuffing recipe that's a favorite. We eat it for breakfast the next day. Also a favorite. (laughs) We let the kids eat pie the morning after Thanksgiving for breakfast. Why are all our traditions around the next day? I don't know. We love that. We will watch something from the Star Wars universe as we enjoy doing on Thanksgiving. There is so much to pick from on Disney+. Plus. What else are our favorites? The kids love Martinelli's apple cider, like literally the most. So they will definitely be doing that. And we'll play board games and we're going to be really cozy this Thanksgiving. I imagine we're not going to get out of our pajamas because we don't have to. So we're going to be in pajamas and eating off of the china that my husband and I got for our wedding because way back when we got married, people used to do that. <laughs> I feel like people are a little more practical now and don't necessarily get formal China for Thanksgiving and holidays, but we did. So we're going to get to use it. And those are some of the things that we really are looking forward to as just the four of us this Thanksgiving. I will be thinking of you and your family. I can't wait to hear. You can share with me on Instagram and DM on Twitter. I'm at the Emily D. Baker all over social, what some of your favorite family traditions are. I love hearing how you're celebrating and know that even though it's a weird Thanksgiving, it can still be an awesome one. I hope that this episode, I don't know if it cleared anything up. I really don't. I, I really feel like I vented a little bit of my frustration and I'm, I'm sorry for that. I don't normally do that here on the podcast. I normally try to present all sides of an issue, but with regard to this, it has taken such a dramatic turn from last week to this week for me, that it felt disingenuous not to address that turn and not to address the fact that facts are coming and then we haven't seen them. Not to address the fact that Sidney Powell said things like, well, we'll probably maybe be getting these lawsuits ready. No, don't leverage these allegations if you don't have the evidence to back it up. That's it. We're asking for facts. That doesn't make us conspiracy theorists. It doesn't make us weirdos. It doesn't make us hate the president. It doesn't make us any of those things. It makes us rational people who would like to see the facts. And we're looking at all of these courts saying, right, but there's no facts and going, okay, then stop making these allegations if you're not going to bring the facts. A few affidavits is not enough for these types of allegations. We need to see it. Show me the facts. Anyway, we're in like the third sign off now. It's totally fine. (laughs) We're all used to Emily signing off seven times. So at this point, I'm hoping that you're able to enjoy Thanksgiving, know that states are certifying their ballots, know that at some point we are going to be at the end of this. The transition process is starting and those are all good things. Are there some questions here that should be addressed? Yes. Do people who have questions about this election automatically become conspiracy theorist weirdos? No. If there are questions and there are facts to back them up, then those should be explored. If there are not facts to back them up, then we need to explore why people are talking with such large allegations and accusations without anything to back them up, because that's terribly problematic and divisive. And with that... I will leave you with a sign-off. Raise whatever you have on this fine Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and let me hear it. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. 
and may the odds be ever in your favor. Thank you for continuing to be here with me, friend. We're going to get through this. It's almost 2021. Enjoy your Black Friday shopping. <laughs> Let me know what you bought because I'm curious about that too. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for sticking around for today's episode. For episodes like this and conversations like this, come join us in the Facebook community. The Get Legit community is where we discuss the episodes, where I answer your questions, and we have an opportunity to take a deeper dive in a respectful, conversational environment. The Get Legit community is on Facebook. There's a link down below, or you can go to getlegitlive.com. I'll see you on the inside. <laughs>